I'm Timothy Putnam, and I'll be your host for the next hour. Each week we gather right here to explore the foundations of our faith, to look at the implications of our faith on our daily lives, so that together, you and I can prepare to live outside the walls. One of the things I absolutely love about Catholicism, and of course I I am a convert to the faith, so this isn't something I grew up with. Uh, One of the things I love about the faith are these dual concepts of subsidiarity and solidarity. Subsidiarity, of course, being that recognition that whatever can be handled should be handled at the smallest level possible. If it can be handled by the family, it shouldn't be handled by any larger organization. If it can be handled by uh, a parish, it shouldn't be handled by the diocese. And if it can be handled by the diocese, it shouldn't be handled by Rome and so forth and so on. Uh, and that, that goes into all aspects of life, be it political or religious, or uh, even if my children can tie their shoe, I shouldn't do it for them. Uh, unless we're, you know, in a really big hurry, right? (laughs) As much as it can be done uh, at a low level, let it be done at that low level. And yet at the same time, we don't abandon things to those low levels uh, because we have a sense of solidarity. We are all in this together. And one of the reasons that I love this is I grew up um, very politically active. My family was very politically active, and I try not to be because I see that politics and religion are attempting to answer the same question, and they do it in different ways. Now, there are plenty of wonderful people who are very religious, who are active in the political life, and I'm grateful for them because their gifts and talents uh, predispose them to that. Mine don't. Uh, And specifically, as I, as I watch things go on in the political sphere, it's so easy for me, and, and I assume others are like me, to get wrapped up in that and to let, uh, to let the worries of what could happen in the future overtake the good work that could be done today. Uh, and of course, in the Gospels, Jesus says, let today's worries be sufficient for the day. Don't worry about tomorrow and what will happen then. Today has its own troubles, and they are sufficient. So, um, I really try to stay away from the news as much as possible. I don't like watching the news. I, 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 there's just so much bad news that is, is given, and there's not a whole lot of, uh, of what we need to sustain us each day, and that's hope. You don't see a whole lot of that if you watch uh, cable news or if you, because they are uh, they're selling a product, they're selling the advertising. And they want to do things that are sensational, that, that grab your attention. And uh, in order to do that, it, it becomes almost like this train wreck. Let's show the biggest train wreck we can and, uh, and keep these people's attention so that we can then sell our product. So for the most part, I tend to stay uh, away from the fray uh, as much as possible. But there are some times, like where we are today, where it is impossible to just bury your head in the sand and ignore the news. This is one of those opportunities where we really do have to be about solidarity, that we are all in this together. And specifically, there are members of our society and there are members of our faith who are hurting because of the actions of bad shepherds. We talked last week in our last um, last segment, as we read from Church History, we read this treatise uh, from St. Augustine on, uh, on bad shepherds. 
this last Wednesday, the Queenship of Mary, we had uh, the reading from the first reading of Scripture was about uh, what God will do to the bad shepherds and how he removes his flock from them and saves them. And we have to realize that there are people today that are wounded. Uh, uh, Even if they were not directly the victims of clerical abuse, their their faith has been damaged. Their hearts have been wounded. And so we who, uh, who love God, we the laity, we the faithful, uh, we must rush to their aid. As Pope Francis recently reminded us, when one part of the body hurts, the whole body hurts. And you might be wondering, well, what, what can I do? What am I supposed to do to help those in the body uh, who are hurting? Maybe you don't have direct access to them. Maybe you wouldn't know what to say even if you did. This is what I would encourage you to do. Spend time in prayer and fasting and go to Eucharistic adoration. There's this great uh, blog that I've followed for some time. Uh, most of the time it's about the liturgical year and how to do family things uh, that, that support that and to, to really teach the faith through these daily feasts and fasts throughout the year. It's called catholicallyear.com. And they have posted something there uh, calling for sackcloth and ashes, just like in the Old Testament and the New Testament. When, when, uh, when there was judgment, uh, the, the people would put on sackcloth and ashes and they would mourn. And so they've put this thing together asking for us to, uh, to pray from uh, August 22nd all the way through September in reparation for the sins of this clerical abuse. Now, this doesn't mean that you are uh, uh, somehow lessening the guilt of the perpetrator. Rather, it means that you recognize that, that Christ was wounded and that members of the body of Christ were wounded. And through our prayers, we're rushing to their side to comfort them, to comfort Christ in his wounding from this, this scandal and to comfort those who have been directly impacted. And so our prayers together as the body of Christ, just like antibodies, when some foreign thing gets in the body and causes an infection, these white blood cells rush to that and to bring healing. We are those white blood cells as part of the body of Christ as we come together and pray in reparation for these sins, praying that God would bring consolation, that he would bring hope, that he would bring comfort to those who have been wounded. Again, that's catholicallyear.com. I'm going to try to get an interview with them. We'll see if that works out. Uh, but in the meantime, go to catholicallyear.com, check out the uh, the post on reparation, and consider joining into this uh, to, to be a salve of healing for the body of Christ. When we come back, we're going to talk with Stephen Lewis and Tommy Ty, both of them Twitter aficionados, about their brand new show on Catholic TV, Repent and Submit. It's coming up in October. Uh, We're also going to talk about this issue, about praying and reparation and, and how the scandal is unfolding. And even in the midst of all this sorrow, they still exude joy. It's a great conversation. Join us over on social media, facebook.com slash step outside the walls. On Twitter, the handle's at outside the walls. Don't go anywhere. There's much more to come right after this. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam.
Welcome back to Outside the Walls, where we explore the foundations and implications of our faith on daily life. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam, and today we are talking to Steve the Missionary and Tommy the Hipster Ty. Uh, this is your Twitter edition of, of Outside the Walls as we talk with uh, a couple of Twitter aficionados, the hosts of a brand new show coming up on Catholic TV called Repent and Submit. Tommy and Stephen, thank you for being here with us today. It's good to be here. It's really good to be here. Okay, so if someone wanted to follow you on Twitter, of course, it's Steve at Steve Missionary Mm -hmm. and at the G is silent because Ty. The G-H. The G-H is silent. I would suggest following Steve anyway, so it's okay. I can't read, so that's that's part of my problem. (laughs) The G-H is silent. Um, Of course, your name is spelled T-I-G-H-E. Yep, that's right. So. There, there you have it. There's uh, the joke. There's the joke. There's that, the joke. That's only one of the jokes because you're also known for being the Catholic hipster. You have a, a book That's out. a big joke. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> and you came up with that name. You were telling me before we got started here. You came up with that name while you were on paternity leave. Uh, and so that's, I mean, right there, I think you're disqualified from being a hipster as soon as you become a parent. Is that the case? That's probably true. Yeah. I, I started a poll on a blog because I was... Uh, when you're on paternity leave, you're kind of just awake or maternity leave too. You're, you're just awake all the time and babies sleep like 20 hours, I guess they say. But not I, at any not given at time. No. no. <laughs> like so, five uh, minutes here and then. <laughs> as, a, as a Catholic, I was like, I guess I'll just like start a blog. And uh, that was the first post. It was a, a hipster contest trying to crown a Catholic hipster, not myself. But mm-hmm. that's where it started. That's where it started. So now y- you have this new endeavor uh, repent and submit where you, both of you from California decided that you were going to fly to Boston because that's something that people do every day. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all got, y'all got in the studio, uh, that you have revealed over on Twitter. You've shown Ooh, us yeah, the set. It's right. beautiful. Uh, it's rocking. when is this going to come out and what is the premise other than t- the two of the you? premise. <laughs> we should have had a premise, Steve. You're using such big words to describe us, Timothy. It's like, oh, they, their show has a has a premise, and they are movers and shakers on Twitter. We're like, oh, we we are. This is the premise right now. This is the premise. What's happening at this very minute? <laughs> so you get together now. Of course, you, Tommy, you've got a a, a podcast that you put out as often as you can, uh, called true. The Chimney. And I We're, should point out that it's up for a current award uh, under most inspirational podcast in the Tolkien Awards, and it's in last place because it's it's actually zero <laughs> inspirational. So I'm glad that it's going that way. I was about to say who who nominated that. Uh, I think that uh, Caitlin Fascista uh, had people write in for for nominations, but yes, that it doesn't fit the category. Not, so I'm happy not, to yeah. lose. So it's okay, Tommy. I've also screwed up the pronunciation of her last name, but Fascista show Fascista on a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> So you've got you've got this <laughs> this podcast that's all about what's going on on Twitter. I'm assuming, and maybe this is a, a not a great assumption. I'm assuming that you're going outside of Twitter for this new show, Repent and Submit. Barely, but yes, <laughs> yeah. We took we uh, took a lot of ideas from Twitter, I guess, right, Steve? But it's not like mm-hmm. just reading tweets. It's uh, well, I mean, I guess it's like if Steve and I were sitting at home and thinking of tweets, this is what would be going through our head. That's kind of the show, right, Steve? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> it's not like we're lounging back on a couch, though. Oh, it's shit. more of a uh, using our friends on Twitter 
Uh, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, Who needs script writers? Using what they've submitted to us in terms of questions or comments or things they want us to talk about and using that as a place to uh, start conversations, start debates, um, and then other segments that kind of pulled away from that that really didn't originate on Twitter. Things like uh, when we highlight our favorite bishop of the week or something like that. Um, or when I get into a ridiculous argument and um, Tommy tries to calm me down. They're, uh, they're things that are born of regular Catholic life. Um, and for a lot of people, that life includes Twitter. Um, and that's just a way for people to be vocal. So it's an easy way to transfer it uh, into a conversation on, on, on screen. Now, neither of you uh, have a background in television, to my knowledge. Uh, yeah. So how did how did this even come up? Other than, of course, you've got the YouTube videos for Steve the Missionary, mm-hmm. which are fantastic, uh, a little little bit frenetic. Uh, but how how did that translate into? Hey, uh, we have this television network. Why don't you two fly across the country and record a season? Yeah, it's kind of like the same answer to the question when people say, "How did we ever get like a book deal?" Right? It's, <laughs> it's because uh, we, uh, I guess, I. I incessantly bothered the people at Catholic TV saying they needed to make better TV shows. And then they dared us to make a better TV show. So the big uh, question is, our best shot. is, did you, did we, <laughs> that's right. That is the, big we will question. find out. <laughs> we had tons of fun making it. If that accounts for it being good, yes. it was fun for us. There will be at least two gigantic fans of this show. You, <laughs> you, you. <laughs> And and who, besides yourselves, or are you referring to yourself? That's us too. No, just <laughs> uh, my kids watched the big set reveal video, and one said "cool," and the others were like, "Yeah, whatever." Yeah. Which is funny because they're going to grow up and and think that it's normal to like have a Catholic TV show and a podcast, which it's not. So it's very weird. So when does the, when can we find this uh, this new television show over on Catholic TV Network? It's coming out in October. Uh, so they're going to, uh, you know, they're a regular uh, TV station that you can find on uh, many, if not most, cable packages. So they'll come out and they'll premiere in October as a, as a weekly television show. You can also find it on catholictv.org and you could either just stream straight from their website or watch uh, just the TV show kind of if you wanted to binge it. And the same story is on the Catholic TV app. So because they have an app and a website, you can get it on your, your Roku and your Apple TV, mm-hmm. as well as your cable, uh, depending on, because I don't have cable, so you got to find other ways to watch it. <laughs> also, yeah. they're going to be putting out clips and uh, previews and content of the show over the next couple months on Twitter. So I have a feeling Steve and I will probably be sharing that. If you're lot. just joining us, we're talking with Tommy Ty and Stephen Lewis, Steve the Missionary and Tommy the Hipster Ty. Uh, we're talking about their new show coming out, Repent and Submit. Now, you, you deny that there is a premise, but the, the title uh, would would tend to evoke a, you've got something in mind, something in general uh, that you're wanting us to consider, uh, maybe something about repentance and, and submission. And submittance. Uh, <laughs> I think so, what do we one of the taglines in one of the episodes, Steve? It was like you submit your questions and we repent after having given our opinions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, there's two things going on. One is begging people to submit questions and comments uh, to make this a more interactive show. So I'll be I'll be online when the shows come out, definitely, uh, and because we ask for you know questions and comments the whole time. So there's that, and then on top of that is. Just the idea that if we all repented of our sins and turned to 
God and his church, things would be a lot easier. And the disagreements we'd have would be a lot more mellow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, th- that's the, the aim of the show was to like, Tommy and I disagree multiple times on every episode, <laughs> but at the end of the day, we can still go to church together because none of the arguments are about if one of us is wrong, we are in heresy. Uh, it's not an apologetic show in any way, uh, <laughs> true. but it's a show by two guys who very clearly need to repent and submit to the Pope. Uh, and our audience probably does too. Uh, I think it's good too, Steve, because it's like the biggest appeal of Twitter for me is that there's not very many people in my general normal life that are like us. And so Twitter appeals because it's like, oh, people do think like this. So Steve and I are on here having a conversation like we would anytime we got together almost and people can maybe look and say, oh, wow, yeah, okay, I'm normal because I also want to sit around and talk about altar girls, I guess. (laughs) Or I should have thought of a better. You should have thought of a better, better one. You know, I, one of my. <laughs> where Malta is. <laughs> where Malta is. Thank you. That's much better. <laughs> one of the things that I love. Let, let's let's take this away from Alter Girls for a moment. Uh, Tommy, on your Twitter, every once in a while, you, you throw out these prayers of the faithful. Uh, where, you know, some of those parishes where they do the prayers of the faithful and then they're silent for a moment for the congregant to stand up and submit their own. Yeah, why uh, do they do that? Why oh do gosh. they do that? And <laughs> ha, I, I'm curious, have you ever uh, have you ever actually followed through in one of those places? With Oh, no, I would never speak. No, no, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I uh, My real-life persona would be to never talk nor interact with most people, and so that's just terrifying for me to think of saying. Uh, you know, I would be that person. There's always somebody who stands up and does it, and then they don't say, like, we pray to the Lord. They say, Lord, hear our prayer instead, and everyone kind of, like, stutters and then says, Lord, hear our prayer. <laughs> like, I would be terrified that I'd be that person. Um, but the prayers of the faithful of the church provides far surpass anything I could come up with. <laughs> yeah, they're just, uh, they're, they're f- that, that Lord hear our prayer that the person in the third row would sing a little bit quieter, right? <laughs> they're, they're all like this. And it's just, it's almost like um, that, that ex- exploding unicorns guy, except it's Catholic. Oh right boy. He's Catholic too. Is he know? really? Yeah. He's uh, very Catholic. Yeah. He, every once in a while, you'll catch a little like uh, a piece of it in there. And I mean, he's got a gigantic family, so it's a little bit of a tip off that he's either Catholic or Mormon. But yeah, he uh, he is Catholic. He's a hilarious guy. Thanks for the comparison. What a nice appreciation. My favorite one still is that NASA would finally admit that the moon landing was a fake. That's the one I hold on to. It. <laughs> favorite one. Now, at the same time, you're using this humor, uh, both of you, on, on Twitter and on YouTube and in all of these different places to, to bring about... Uh, real conversations about what it means to live a humble life and what it means. You know, we, we can look at, at the, the show or the, uh, the podcast that you do and, and think it's maybe just a little bit over the top, uh, it, putting it mildly. But, but what you're attempting to do is to highlight this universal call that we have to holiness uh, and, and maybe start the conversation with levity uh, and maybe get past people's initial defense mechanisms when they hear the words, you need to be holy. They're like, oh, oh man, this show's called Repent and Submit. I don't know that I can watch this. And then, you know. <laughs> we have gotten comments like that. <laughs> we had one lady said that that sounds yeah. awfully Muslim. Are you sure you want that <laughs> on your Catholic TV show? <laughs> like, the word submit is not nixed from my vocabulary because, because Muslims exist. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of in the Bible uh, that it's something is. we should all do. <laughs> Submit yourselves one to another out of reverence for Christ. You know, there's that that whole little nope, bit in there. Can't do it. Never read it. No, <laughs> can't do it. 
Humor's good though. I mean, right? It, I think you're totally right. It does lower people's defenses a little bit, and um, inevitably, uh, a joke does lead to a conversation. And you know, if that even brings one little, I, I definitely know there are non-Catholic Christian people who have followed me over the last few years. Even like well, one female pastor who like has interacted back about jokes, and there's like a little glimmer of even just solidarity, which is mm-hmm. nice. You know what I mean? Or you know, I think it's nice to not take ourselves too seriously and it lets a non-Catholic Christian kind of jump in and say, oh, wow, like you guys joke about things that we think are weird about you too. I think it's really nice. You know, there's that phrase in scripture, always be ready to give an answer for the hope that's within you. That's right. And I I like to say that you have to, in in order to have an answer, there has to be a question. They've got to be asking a question before we can give an answer for the hope that's within us. So go out and live a questionable life. (laughs) I like it. It follows Precisely. very well. <laughs> I do that every day. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tim. <laughs> you can use I think that. It has to do a lot with uh, speaking um, people's languages mm-hmm. uh, or speaking in a manner that, that makes sense to people. So Tommy and I, uh, we talk like us. Uh, and it's a weird way to say, but it's very, not of it's very little of it is scripted. Um, if we talk more like us than people who act like us in the world might hear, hear from us in just other places. We've been talking with Stephen Lewis and Tommy Ty about their new show, Repent and Submit. There's much more to it right after this. Join us over on social media, facebook.com slash step outside the walls. On Twitter, the handle's at outside the walls. I just want a tenth of their following, right? We'll be right back right after this. You're listening to Outside the Walls. Welcome back to Outside the Walls, where we explore the foundations and implications of our faith on daily life. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam. Today, we are talking with the dynamic duo, Steve the Missionary Lewis and Tommy the Hipster Ty. Hello. (laughs) So glad to have you all on the show today. Thanks for agreeing. Uh, You know, honestly, the things that you say on Twitter, this is is really safe, right? This show, we're safe here. You know why? I was I was going to say thank you. You know you're you're getting this brand new show and you're you're really taking a chance. I was about to say you're taking a chance coming on a little show like mine, but then I'm like, no. I've seen what you post on Twitter. This is no no, chance. This is is, is safe. If the network wanted to get rid of us, they would have had reasons long before anything that will happen. happen. (laughs) All right. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about because we talked in this last segment right before the break about humor being an opportunity. Uh, to bring up some more serious questions. And Stephen, you talked about speaking the language of the people that are, are right around you. Mm-hmm. One of the things that, that is part of that is being vulnerable and being uh, authentic, you know, not putting on the show or putting on any, any other than the show that you have to put on, right? Yeah. Not putting on any airs. And we're facing a challenge with that right now in the Catholic world, as we have seen scandal after scandal after scandal come up. And, the, the general theory of uh, press relations is that you go out and you release a press statement and you, uh, you do damage control. And we have seen that backfire largely mm-hmm. because people are looking for some authentic repentance and submission to tie it back to the show. Mm-hmm. And Steve, you did a, a YouTube video on, on this topic 
mm-hmm. pretty forcefully. Of course, all your YouTube videos are a little forceful. But talking about the need they're for expressive, <laughs> they're express, <laughs> they're intense. They're Look at those intense. eyes. Uh, you know, there's this this need for uh, for our bishops to lead well. Mm-hmm. That's first. But then, you know, there's a certain need for us to be involved. That mm-hmm. we need to have some stake as Catholics in in bringing about the healing, and we only have so much clout. Uh, in dicasteries and and, in diocesan offices and chanceries. You know, not everyone is called to be a Catherine of Siena giving a a Pope what for and and having him listen to her and what what she has to say. She had a very specific charism in that regard that we, most of us, don't have. What do we do, like Francis, to go out and rebuild the church? Uh, first is, is there's a little bit of doing what you're already doing. So there, people are writing letters and people are really expressing themselves. You have to write, express yourself to your priest and bishop, not just to the ether that is the internet or the person next to you. It's got to be the priest and the bishop in a letter and in talking to them if you can. Um, people, it, I, I'm talking to friends who would think it'd be awesome if we like actually protested outside of homes of bishops. Like, what are you doing to help um, to help this situation that's that's part of it is that direct crying out to our bishops for what we actually need um and then there's the the harder stuff um one is listening to these like advocacy groups for people who are um people who've been abused people like like snap and stuff like that they they when if you get confused like look to them they've been thinking about this a lot longer than you have Mm -hmm. Uh, so listen to them but then there comes the point, and you already see kind of people calling for it, which is uh, the people need to fast and pray and become holy. And it's a very hard message to hear because we were the ones that got hurt, whether we are direct um, victims and survivors of abuse, or if we are people who were just have just been um, lied to by our bishops all these years. Uh, we got hurt, and we're the ones that have to bear the weight of bringing the church back to where it should be that seems incredibly unfair uh and at the end of the day it is so don't i'm not going to silence that but also it is the cross um mm-hmm. the church is in crisis and we are the church even if we aren't the ones that put her in crisis so we have to pray we have to fast we have to help our neighbor and we have to mob up and call uh and call our priests and bishops to better and uh and celebrate when they actually do mm-hmm. that's what that's what we need to do it sucks if i want to say that it's awful um <laughs> it's a safe place <laughs> it's very this is a safe place it's it it will hurt and it will hurt for a very long time mm-hmm. um it's going to take decades before we're even remotely clear of this uh but that's that's our calling right now mm-hmm. so the more prayer for each other and solidarity with each other, the better. I would say uh, a couple of things here. First of all, um, there are some people who would be reticent to back a group like Snapper or or Mm -hmm. some along those lines, because not so much of the good work that they're doing, but Mm -hmm. some people see them maybe as going overboard or pushing too far, or maybe uh, going on, on witch hunts and chasing after people who were not credibly Mm -hmm. accused. So what would you what would you say is the balance there of holding people accountable 
and recognizing the damage that was done for decades. Yeah. Uh, and also recognizing the good that has been done in the last 15 years of, mm -hmm. of safety procedures that have been put in place to lessen this kind of thing now. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the problem with like this, the same thing happened last time in 2002, mm -hmm. everyone gets very mad and then people very quickly start to go into camps on how best to fix this. Right. Uh, and so everyone has their, their favorite scapegoat. Everyone has their favorite method of changing the church for the better. And some of them really do come off overboard. Mm -hmm. And I think the, if you're, if you're worried about any of those is one, like think and pray about what, what you think will do best um, to fix this and what is and isn't in the bounds of our, of, of, of the church, but also like think about what's the most basic, like the first thing we have to do. And the second thing we have to do and fight with anyone who will um, agree with you on those first and second things. And most people have already mentioned it. It's actual contrition and repentance from our bishops. Mm -hmm. Um, publishing for a lot of people, they want to publish the lists of credibly accused priests. Uh, you know, thing, you know, basically what's already happened to Pennsylvania. We want to happen, have happen across the country. That's the, that's, that's the, the thing that a lot of people seem to agree on. Mm -hmm. So let's start there. If we want to fix it by all your random ideas, that's a whole nother conversation. But the thing we all want at the same time is these two things. So let's, let's get together and work for that. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the second part that you're talking about uh, this, this prayer and fasting and reparation. This seems yeah. to be something that, uh, that it, maybe has lost favor in recent years. We don't talk about it all that much as, as a church anymore of everyone come together. We're going to, as a parish, as a diocese, as a, as an entire uh, nation, mm -hmm. we're going to come together at a, at a specific time or for mm -hmm. a specific purpose. Uh, we're going to, get extra penances on, on Friday. Yeah. It's not required that we fast, uh, or abstain on Fridays throughout the year, but we're going to do it anyway mm -hmm. in reparation for what has been done and in a sign of repentance. And this whole sackcloth and ashes thing that you see when, when Jonah comes and tells the people 40 days and Nineveh is no more, and they all repent down to the very last person yeah. and God mm -hmm. relents and, and doesn't destroy them. And so I think that there's a sense that we need to do something similar to, to mm -hmm. feel the pain of what's happened and to offer God our, our penance and our sacrifice of worship uh, in prayer that he'd restore. Yeah. The whole concept of fasting, uh, repentance and penitence like this only makes sense biblically. Mm -hmm. uh, it only makes sense when you look at when Jesus said this kind of demon is only taken out by fasting and prayer. When you look at the story of Jonah and how everybody fasted, uh, even the animals in the story of Jonah just for for kicks. Uh, the the idea and it's and it's not about fault so many right. times. Uh, and it's more than just I have committed a sin, therefore I must do this. Mm -hmm. It's also an act of uh, lamentation and grief. Right. Uh, which, which is all usually combined with guilt, but not necessarily for all of us. And so, uh, and it's also an act of, I don't know what to do next. Mm -hmm. So I will, I will dramatically leave it up to God. Yeah. I, and those are all things that we've, we're feeling as Catholics, we're feeling this strange mix of emotions, um, that run incredibly deep down into the soul. And the Bible has really spelled out 
what you do when that happens. There are Psalms and there are books out of the Bible and there are activities that you do when that happens. We need to, we need to tap into that, even though it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's the tools are there for us. Yeah. Tommy, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's very important to me that we kind of stand up and and take responsibility, not so much for the sins or actions that we didn't personally commit, but, you know, we're all one body. And so one person committing the smallest sin impacts the entire body. So it's frustrating me a lot when uh, I see a lot of people responding to this by saying, you know, I didn't do anything. Why should I be fasting? Uh, why should I be um, doing all these things in reparation when I didn't do anything? And I, I feel heartbroken because it misses the point to me. Uh, as one big church, we kind of have to stand up and uh, not be defensive, but grieve with the people who have been hurt, right? Including victims of the abuse and all of us um, by what our bishops have done here, at least in this report, and I'm sure many others across the country, unfortunately. Um, but big time need to turn back to God and need to step up and do things and really need to encourage our priests to do something. I personally have been just uh, kind of shattered by not hearing a word about this at church the last week and a half, two weeks. Um, it blows my mind that that's happening. So I think that it needs to be a little bit of like, let's encourage people in a nice way, encourage our yeah. priests to step up and say something. It's like an elephant in the room. Let's talk about it. You know, you know, I saw on Twitter, of course, I saw a poll um, asking how many people had heard a homily that was good. How many heard a homily that was not no help at all. And how many heard nothing. And it was about 40, 40 and 10%, uh, 40%, uh, heard something five, uh, 10% was making it worse. And 40%, uh, it was silence. Uh, yeah, at, at my yeah. parish, we heard about it both on, uh, on the, the assumption, assumption and, yeah. and, and this last week. Um, but yeah, the, it was hard to hear nothing. And then to have the prayer of the faithful, like the first one was like to pray for our bishops that they have wisdom to follow Christ in their leadership. And I'm just like standing there going like, I mean, really, this is so like a, a family of alcoholics and abuse within a family who just doesn't say anything when people come over because we don't want our secrets to get out. But we all know about it. Like, how do we not talk about this? It's, uh, we had, it's very troubling. We stole our prayers of the faithful from Stephen Gradonis. Uh, and and his his for around this were... Uh, praying that God would give us good and diligent shepherds who by their diligence would free us from bad ones. <laughs> nice. That's good. That's good. <laughs> and there is that sense that we do need to pray for all of our priests and all of our bishops. In fact, there is a, there's a fantastic prayer by, I, I think, I believe it's St. Therese of Lisieux, uh, that she prays for the, the priest who gave me baptism, the priest who gave me uh, communion, the priest who hears my confession, the the priest who has fallen down on his vows, the priest who and just goes through all of these different priests that she's mm-hmm. praying for, realizing that as God goes to bless someone, he doesn't bless them in their sin. He blesses them by bringing them out of it. Mm-hmm. And so we can ask that God would bless our leaders, knowing full well that in his blessing, true blessing, healing will come to the church. We're not praying that God enables them because God's not able to enable us in sin. He frees us from it. We're talking today with Stephen Lewis and Tommy Ty, host of the brand new show on Catholic television coming this fall, Repent and Submit. Look him up on Twitter at Steve Missionary and at the GH is silent. There's much more to come right after this. Join us on social media, facebook.com slash step outside the walls. On Twitter, the handle's at outside the walls. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam.
Welcome back to Outside the Walls, where we explore the foundations and implications of our faith on daily life. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam. After the last couple of weeks that we have had here, it's such a relief to have had our conversation today with Tommy Ty and uh, and Stephen Lewis, uh, both out of the, the Bay Area in California. And they're just fun to be around, and they, they love their faith, they love life, and it joy just exudes out of them. Their new show, Repent and Submit, starts in October on Catholic TV. You can get it on cable, you can get it on your Roku or on your Apple TV like I do, uh, or you can go to catholictv.org and catch it on demand or live then as well. If you missed any part of the show, have no fear, you can go to the archives at OutsideTheWalls.com. This is one of those episodes that you're going to want to share just because someone else needs that kind of a laugh as well. We have an extra 13 minutes of conversation with both Steve and and Tommy available for all those who support the show on Patreon. While you're there at Outside the Walls looking at the archives, click the Patreon link up in the nav bar. It says support the show, Patreon. And for as little as $5 a month, you get extra content each and every week for every episode. Uh, I'd love to share it with you. Come and join the numbers of people who support the show and help keep us on the air. And let me give you that gift of an extra laugh or two or 10 in that 13-minute conversation, as well as all the other extra content that we have produced over the years. Well, let's go ahead and turn our attention now to our reading from Scripture and from church history. And our readings today answer the question, what do I do now? Maybe you uh, have been a little shell-shocked yourself by the recent scandals and, and you don't know how to carry on in your faith. Maybe your faith has been shaken. What do you do now? Perhaps you've heard some commentators suggest that this really isn't a big deal, and yet the news is still talking about it. Your friends are still going to be talking about it. The question remains, how do we move forward in our faith from this place? And our readings today, I think, bring this uh, into clearer focus. I want to start today with a quote from G.K. Chesterton, who I think sums up well uh, the, the answer. What do we do now? Let your religion be less of a theory and more of a love affair. Let your religion be less of a theory and more of a love affair. Our reading from the book of Ezekiel says, Thus says the Lord, Thus says the Lord, I will prove the holiness of my great name, profaned among the nations, in whose midst you have profaned it. Thus the nations shall know that I am the Lord, says the Lord God, when in their sight I prove my holiness through you. For I will take you away from among the nations, gather you from all the foreign lands, and bring you back to your own land. I will sprinkle clean water upon you to cleanse you from all your impurities. And from all your idols, I will cleanse you. I will give you a new heart and place a new spirit within you, taking from your bodies your stony hearts and giving you natural hearts. I will put my spirit within you and make you live by my statutes, careful to observe my decrees. You shall live in the land I gave your ancestors. You shall be my people and I will be your God. My first thought when I hear that reading, and it seems so apropos because God's name has been profaned, 
uh, here in the midst of the nations. But but you he's he's addressing the whole people in it, and it's like, well, maybe maybe that doesn't apply because you know that was done by by a few priests, by uh, by a few bishops, and I wasn't one of those. Surely I I'm not a part of that. We say, and yet we each in our own way. Um, have contributed to uh, what, what I think recently was aptly called beige Catholicism, this milquetoast, uh, unsatisfying practice of faith that somehow lacks the zeal and the vigor of the first apostles. And insofar as we are part of the body of Christ and, and share communion with one another, and the body of Christ has contributed to this in some way, we have to recognize, yes, there are people who who have sinned in a very specific way, and they must be held accountable for that. And I, too, need to examine my own heart. Rather than looking at their sin and say, oh, that was, that was awful, and my sin doesn't look so bad compared to that, see the wounding that Christ has received from that sin and, and look to ourselves and say, wow, am, am I living in holiness? I need to spend this time in reparation for their sins and my own by spending time with Christ. And as I spend time with Christ, whether it be in prayer or the Eucharist or scripture or however I do it, Christ is going to bring about this prophecy given to Ezekiel and do it for us as well, right? I will give you a new heart and place my spirit, a new spirit within you that he stirs up in us this universal call to holiness and draws us to himself, let your religion, as G.K. Chesterton said, be less of a theory and more of a love affair. And there's no greater illustration of that love affair than St. Augustine's Confessions. St. Augustine's Feast Day is coming up on Tuesday, the 28th, and out of the breviary, we read this little snippet out of his Confessions. Urged to reflect upon myself, I entered under your guidance into the inmost depth of my soul. I was able to do so because you were my helper. On entering into myself, I saw, as it were, with the eye of the soul, what was beyond the eye of the soul, beyond my spirit, your immutable light. It was not the ordinary light perceptible to all flesh, nor was it merely something of greater magnitude, but still essentially akin, shining more clearly and diffusing itself elsewhere by its intensity. No, it was something entirely distinct something altogether different from all these things. And it did not rest above the mines as oil on the surface of water, nor was it above me as heaven is above the earth. This light was above me because it had made me. I was below it because I was created by it. He who has come to know the truth knows this light. O eternal truth, true love and beloved eternity, you are my God. To you do I sigh day and night. When I first came to know you, you drew me to yourself so that I might see that there were things for me to see, but that I myself was not yet ready to see them. Meanwhile, you overcame the weakness of my vision, sending forth most strongly the beams of your light. And I tremble at once with love and dread. I learned that I was in a region unlike yours and far distant from you. And I thought I heard your voice from on high. I am the food of grown men. Grow then, and you will feed on me. 
nor will you change me into yourself like bodily food, but you will be changed into me. I sought a way to gain the strength which I needed to enjoy you, but I did not find it until I embraced the mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who is above all, God, blessed forever. He was calling me and saying, I am the way of truth. I am the life. He was offering the food which I lacked the strength to take, the food he had mingled with our flesh. For the word became flesh, that your wisdom, by which you created all things, might provide milk for us children. Late have I loved you, O beauty, ever ancient, ever new. Late have I loved you. You were within me, but I was outside, and it was there that I searched for you. In my unloveliness, I plunged into the lovely things which you created. You were with me, but I was not with you. Created things kept me from you, yet if they had not been in you, they would not have been at all. You called, you shouted, and you broke through my deafness. You flashed you shone, and you dispelled my blindness. You breathed your fragrance on me. I drew in breath, and now I pant for you. I have tasted you. Now I hunger and thirst for more. You touched me, and I burned for your peace. That reading comes from the Confessions of St. Augustine. And nothing sums up G.K. Chesterton's one little phrase better. Let your religion be less of a theory and more of a love affair. Christ doesn't come to save us by theories or by, uh, by theologies or by, by right thinking. He comes to save us by relationship. And yes, all of those other things are important. Yes, we need to have study. Study to show yourself approved. Yes, we need to have good theology. But all of these things, without the love of Christ himself, mean nothing. As Paul told us in 1 Corinthians 13, if I speak with the tongue of men and angels, knowledge earthly and knowledge heavenly, but have not love, I'm a clanging gong or a resounding cymbal. This love of Christ in in intimate relationship, this is where we go from here. And that witness makes all the difference. That witness changes the world more than any uh, argument ever could. That love affair with Jesus Christ makes all the difference in showing the world God's love for them. Just a reminder, go to catholicallyear.com. Join in this time of prayer and fasting, hashtag sackcloth and ashes. That's all the time we have for today. Today's show was brought to you by Carrie Carlson and all those who support the show through Patreon. Go to outsidethewalls.com, click the Patreon link, and join their numbers. Join us on social media, facebook.com slash stepoutsidethewalls. On Twitter, the handle's at outsidethewalls. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.